Hey, everybody. I forgot to do the intro. It's obvious I'm not used to uh, producing myself. <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and do that right now. Okay, we'll try this again. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm your host. It's just me tonight, all by myself. So I'm glad to be here. It is Wednesday night case updates. Obviously, Christy typically does the producing around here because I forgot to play the intro. <laughs> Goes to show. What the hell do I know? Anyway, uh, we've had quite the day here in uh, True Crime Squad, actually. I'll tell you all about it, but I want to welcome you guys. Uh, if you're live and if you're listening to a replay, I want to welcome you as well. Lots going down in the true crime world. There were two big things going on yesterday. But uh, we have so many things to say. But I want to welcome Barbara and Colleen and Jody and Janet and Amy and everyone else that's uh, wandering in. Good to see you guys. I hope you're having a good week and happy full moon. It is a full moon in Capricorn today, which is causing a fair amount of overthinking. Uh, hey, Brandy. Uh, it may put you in a space where you feel like kind of putting yourself down, uh, being too hard on yourself. Hey, Coco. It's just one of those kinds of moons. But it can also encourage you to make some changes. Hey, Fran, in your life, if there's some things that you aren't very happy about, and, you know, this is the kind of energy that kind of pushes you forward to do that because you might be a little uncomfy in your skin. I had a client ask me earlier if everyone had been hit with the stupid, stupid stick today because she couldn't seem to get anything done and nobody around her could get anything done. Hey, Kathleen and RJ. So maybe it is one of those kinds of days. Hey, Walla. Uh, we uh, we had an interesting thing happen today. You know, occasionally somebody doesn't like something we publish, and that's okay. Hey, Chris, uh, you, you know, you, you don't have to like everything we publish. That's okay. And sometimes people just are mean because they just like to be mean. But if you guys remember, we covered Dusty McKisson not too long ago. So Dusty McKisson is a guy from Idaho who is now in his early 40s and has started here the last while publishing a whole series of uh, videos and LinkedIn posts and Facebook posts about his dad, that he believes that his dad may be a serial killer and matches up a lot of his dad's um, travels over the years around the world to deaths and dis disappearances, one of them being the Keddie Cabin murders and other things. Hey, Denise. Um, and, you know, he, he believes this to be true. And his dad is living. And he started publishing all of these things and said that he's talking to the FBI. And, you know, some people felt very uh, unsure because he is an author and put out a murder mystery type novel a few years ago that's not unlike the stuff that he's claiming right now about his dad. Hey, Janie. Uh, so there's that. And 
we did cover it uh, with a heavy caveat that we understood that this was, uh, you know, this was just his beliefs that we weren't, uh, you know, accusing anybody of anything, but these were the things that he believed were happening. Well, yesterday, Dustin McKisson deleted all of his socials without any explanation at all. He just disappeared. Okay, fine. Well, today, apparently there's a Facebook group of people who believe that Dustin essentially is crazy or is lying or whatever, and that his family is innocent in all of this. Well, somehow the link to our video made it into their group, and a mob of them started uh, attacking us online and leaving really ugly comments and demanding that we take our video down. Now, I'm going to say this. We didn't do anything wrong in our video. We were very clear that we were just reporting what Dustin was saying and that we did not, we weren't accusing anyone of anything. And I don't think these people ever watched the video anyway. They were just really quick to call us liars and, and whatever. And that's happened before. I mean, we, we had like some stalking from a serial killer's wife once. Uh, we, actually, that's still happening. Uh, and we had, uh, when we covered Slab City, we had some serious stuff go down. We can handle that. But because Dustin scrubbed all of his stuff yesterday, we decided to go ahead and put that video to private for now until we see what he's doing. So it doesn't really have anything to do with uh this group of Facebook people who were obviously all just, uh, you know, were given a call to action to come and harass us, which they did do. Um, and I blocked them all. Like, we don't need that shit at all. But I'm more concerned with and curious about what Dustin's doing and why he scrubbed his socials. So we pulled it down for now. It may go back up later. We're just going to kind of wait and see. You know, it's just about trying to be as ethical as you can and and also intelligent because honestly, I'm not going to risk my whole podcast and my whole YouTube channel on one bullshit deal. You know, I'm not. So that's what happened and, and why we did that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Amy said Edward Wayne Edwards' daughter did the same thing with her dad. She ended up helping the police arrest him. She's convinced he was the Zodiac, but he was just obsessed with other killers. Ah, interesting. Well, it kind of goes along the same lines of see something, say something, right? But, yeah, my puppies are, <laughs> they're in high form tonight. Hey, Cranky. Hey, Janet. So if you hear, yeah, some puppy business going on, you'll know. <laughs> That's what's going on. They are just having a lot of fun. Oh. Currently tug of warring a, a toy squirrel at my feet. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's the kind of day we had. You know, um, anyway, it's whatever. I'm just interested to see what's going on with Dustin. I hope he's okay. Uh, you know, whatever. Hey, JR, whatever's going on here. I hope everyone is okay. So that's the deal. Uh, but speaking of not okay. We've got a lot going on. Oh, gosh. I might have to kick them out of here. <laughs> Show us the puppies. If I could make them come over here so I could pick them up, I would. Maybe they'll, they'll let me. This is how Bruno plays. He plays by watching everyone else play and bark at them. 
Okay. So if the other dogs are playing, he contributes by, well, that. Yeah, that's a lot to listen to. Sorry, you guys. I was hoping they'd be okay. Okay. So a lot has gone on. Uh, yesterday, the announcement of two different uh, people having murder charges coming down that we were one not expecting and one definitely expecting. So we'll get there. But there's a couple of small updates in the Vallow case. And I thought we'd go there first. There's not a lot of info on them yet. Typical. Idaho has been so not forthcoming with info. And I, I still expect at some point they're going to get, have some, you know, get some bigger, you know, peeps than us, some media places uh start putting some legal pressure on them to release the things that they're supposed to release because this just keeps happening. But last week we told you that there had been a bunch of sealed filings, uh, not filing, sealed decisions in Chad's case. And we had told you that we figured that this was the judge saying, no, I'm not going to dismiss Prosecutor Smith or Prosecutor Woods from Chad's case. We didn't know for sure uh, until two days later, but now we know for sure it was the judge saying, no, <laughs> he's not dismissing Woods or Smith from the case. This is just a song that never ends. Uh, it was with Mark Means and it continues to be with uh, John Pryor just trying for something procedural, anything procedural to put a dent in the prosecution's case because they're struggling to come up with anything. So again, uh, you know, this is what the third attempt now to get the prosecutors removed, still not happening, probably the last attempt, I would hope. So that happened. And then yesterday, Lori's attorney filed a couple of things. We haven't seen very much out of him. Now, obviously, he was trying to catch up because he took this case over from Mark Means last fall. There was still a stay on it for quite a few months, and now that's finally shifted. And so here we are. So we don't have a lot of info about why these uh, filings came in, but here's what we know. The first filing is to incorporate federal and state constitutional grounds in support of future motions and objections, which essentially is just an attempt to uh, set them up for an appeal if she's convicted. You know, essentially, this is him doing his job, you know, and, and people, you know, are like pissed and upset. And I'm like, uh, uh no, mm -mm. we want Lori to have a robust defense. We do not want her to be able to come back later and say, uh, I had ineffective counsel. It's not fair. No one wants that, you guys. No one. So this is good. It's good to see that he is doing his job. These are important things to see happening. So the other piece of it, because of course they are going to, they will definitely have to uh, appeal if she's found guilty. That's what happens, especially in death penalty cases. All right. And then the second motion, he asks about two specific charges, uh, conspiracy to commit murder and grand theft. He wants the court to clarify the charges and their connections. 
So uh, Scott Reich believes this has to do with Tammy Daybell and her the, the murder charges on Lori about Tammy and uh, another thing. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see exactly what those are about, but we haven't seen the filings. We don't know if those are going to be sealed or they're just not being released yet. But I'm with you, Paula. Nothing should be sealed. Okay, I'm going to kick the puppies out because I don't know if this is driving you guys crazy, but I can't take any more. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> you never know. Sometimes they just sleep at my feet. Not today. Anyway, so those are the things in Daybell Vallow. Nothing huge, but maybe. Mostly it's just evidence that, you know, the judge is done with this trying to throw out the prosecutor routine and that Lori's attorney is just doing his job appropriately for the matter at hand. So I think it's all good stuff. It's also motion forward because, my God, how long is this case going to take? Well, at this point, you know, until January of next year. Amy said maybe a plea is coming soon. They're going to run out of options, and they may decide it's the best option to keep him alive. I think it's very possible. Uh, we still think that it's very likely this will never go to trial and that, the, uh, that a plea will happen. We'll find out. Okay, well, let's talk about Casey White. This I did not anticipate. Casey White is being charged with the murder of Vicki White. So remember, if you don't, Casey White and Vicki White, this is the jailer who broke her boyfriend out and they went on the lam here a couple of months ago. And when the police caught up to them, she, we believe, shot and killed herself. Well, they're charging Casey for her death. And here's why. It's because the legal premise is that if you are in the process of committing a crime and someone dies and it's a felony, then you can take the blame for the death. So this is the uh, explanation from the indictment. Casey Cole White, a convicted felon, did commit the crime of escape in the first degree. And in the course of and in furtherance of committing escape in the first degree, caused the death of Vicki White, who died from a gunshot wound to the head. Interesting. So he's being charged. Uh, he's pleading not guilty. And there are certainly some who believe, I know Duty Ron does not think that he will, uh, that that will stick and maybe it won't. I think more than anything, uh, all those who loved Vicky just want their pound of flesh, you know. Now, Vicky broke the law too, and I feel like that may be what uh, saves Casey in that instance. But we'll see, you know. It's kind of a stretch, but it's true. If he hadn't manipulated her, you're right, Jody. Maybe he would still be, or she would still be here. I don't know. That one's pretty crazy to me. 
So I have one case for you that is not, it's not a case update because we haven't done it before, but I just thought this was so wild. So I had to tell you about it. So there were two men out noodling. Are you guys familiar with what noodling is? Noodling is a form of fishing. It's actually illegal in a lot of places uh, where people get down into the water, either from a boat or they actually get in the water, and they stick their arm down the throat of catfish to kind of hook them with their own arm and then lift them up into their boat or their net. So it's done more in the South, I think. I have seen videos of it, and I think it's terrifying <laughs> to see people sticking their whole arm in these giant catfish's mouth. But anyway, these guys were out noodling. Yep, this guy right here, his name is Larry, Larry Sanders. Well, Larry and his friend Jimmy Knighton were out noodling. And it sounds like perhaps they were drinking. And things got a little weird. And they started to argue. Well, Jimmy did the thing that you do, apparently, when you get in a fight while you're noodling. He summoned Bigfoot. He'd had enough of Larry's shit. And he summoned Bigfoot to come and kill Larry. Larry, given no option after Bigfoot was summoned, had to uh, strangle Jimmy to death. So that's what he did. Uh, uh, I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> Drinking and things got weird. Right, Cranky? How? Anyway, so uh, unfortunately, Jimmy uh, has is deceased. Uh, Larry is charged with murder. But the uh, whole defense is that, you know, what can you do when someone summons Bigfoot, for God's sake? Yeah. It is Oklahoma. You are right about that. <laughs> oh, Amy, that's why you're my favorite. <laughs> she said this has to be Oklahoma. Yep. Anyway, so note to self, don't be summoning Bigfoot to come and kill people because the only thing they can do is kill you back. Maybe that breaks the Bigfoot curse. You summon a UFO. There you go. That's how we fight back. We summon a UFO. <laughs> Amy said, yep, them's my people. <laughs> what were they smoking? That's a really good question. Yeah. Um, according to witnesses at the scene, Bigfoot was a no-show. So there you go. <laughs> I know. I saw that today and... I won't be able to do another WTF crime till next week. So uh, I figured we better just throw it in tonight. All right. Well, probably on the top of the FOS list this week. If you don't know, FOS, just fight on site. Uh, maybe Larry should be at the top of the FOS list, honestly. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Bigfoot, but uh, got to be Alex Murdaugh, right? Yes. Oh, all of the big noodling happens, uh, oh, in Southeast Oklahoma, where Bigfoot lives. Well, there you go. Yeah, you cannot depend on Bigfoot, can you? No. After all that work, he went to summon him. Nope. Bad news. All right. Let's talk about Alex Murdaugh, if you want to. <laughs> I'm going to back up just a little bit so that we can kind of take in the whole entirety that is Alex Murdaugh's bullshit. 
So on June 7, 2021, Alex Murdaugh called the police, said that he had just returned home and that his wife Maggie and son Paul had been shot to death. We know that Paul was awaiting trial in connection to a boat crash uh, where a woman died from, and that he had been arrested and indicted on one count of boating under the influence causing the death and two counts of causing great bodily injury. So he was awaiting trial at the time. We also know that there had been some attempts to bribe some of the other kids that were there to get people to uh, take the blame instead of his son, but nobody had really taken the bait. So that happened on June 7th, 2021. Well, directly after that, three days later, the family patriarch, Grandpa Randolph Murdaugh III, who was 81, died, and the cause of his death has not been released. Not saying anyone did anything, but this all just lines up so weirdly. Now move forward to September 4th, 2021. This is when Alex was shot in the head while changing a tire. Remember this? Oh, yes. Shot in the head. Well, it turns out he wasn't necessarily shot in the head. He was grazed in the head. And then, of course, we learned later that that was a hit for hire that he hired. He paid a man who we now know was actually someone that he was teaming up with to sell drugs. Um, and that this person had committed a whole bunch of other crimes for him. Um, that this was actually, yes, a, an attempt at an assisted suicide. But the, uh, the partner uh, was out. Couldn't do it. So uh, shot once, it grazed him. That was it. He was fine. So that was the next thing that happened. Uh, of course, as we know, the wounds turned out to be superficial. And he had said at the time that the murders of his wife and son caused an incredibly difficult time in his life. And that he'd made a lot of decisions he regretted. He resigned from his law firm and entered rehab. That's what happened. Well, that's how it all started anyway. So then, ah, sorry. Okay, where did my notes go? See, this is what happens. Okay, so anyway, from that, of course, we know that he was arrested and charged in his own attempted death. Then he started getting charged in a whole bunch of fraud things. Then we learn that his housekeeper died a few years ago. And in that situation, there was a bunch of uh, weirdness there and some fraud there. He started racking up one charge after another, after another, after another, after another, finally uh, got put in jail, not rehab, where he belonged. And then, and what we're learning is he has defrauded hundreds of people out of millions of dollars. And supposedly it's all because he had 
one hell of an oxy uh, addiction. Is it just that? Probably not, but lots of insurance fraud. Again, very mysterious death of the housekeeper that is under investigation currently. Um, and he defrauded her children out of a great deal of money. Uh, so this has all just been stacking up since last September over and over and over. Just more stuff. We also learned this week that he's been officially disbarred. Well, gosh, you think? Finally. Finally. Anyway, finally, it's been announced that he is being charged. He's being charged in the deaths of his wife and son. We don't know exactly what the charge looks like. Uh, it's been released now that he will be charged in connection with the killings of his wife and son, but we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. That's something that we've been waiting for. I think pretty much anybody with, you know, any studying of this case at all figured that that was coming because seriously, like, honest to God, why wouldn't it be? You know, <laughs> and you can't possibly look at this entire case and think he didn't have something to do with it and it didn't have something to do with an insurance payout or some other bullshit, because that's what he was all about. So, I mean, supposedly, when he tried the assisted suicide routine, he uh, wanted all of just the uh, life insurance money to go to his remaining son. How sad for the remaining son. Uh, he's lost his mother, his brother, and his dad is the honestly, biggest piece of shit on the planet of Earth. Uh, by the time these charges come in, he'll be pushing 90. 90 charges. Yeah. So anyway, definitely on top of the FOS list, Alex, for God's sake, what a mess. But really what it did is it uncovered just how shady and slimy the local uh, political and uh, law scene had become in their area. I think it's really uh, unpeeling a lot of stuff. I feel bad for Buster, too, for the son. I do. Um, he's got a lot to heal from. He's got a lot to unpack, too, in the way he was raised and, and the people he was raised by, because this is all just really bad. He is, Janet, right? Is he going to set a record? I would think he's, like, he's racing to the top. Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's so crazy. So anyway, so there you go. So hopefully by next week, we'll actually be able to see the charges and know exactly what they're charging him with. They've got to have some evidence. So be interested. I will be interested to see what they're coming up with. Okay. How about Dylan Rounds? We know that a neighbor was arrested, James Brenner. He's 58. Uh, he was arrested on unrelated federal firearms charges, but he has also now been named as a suspect. Why? We don't know. The police are now asking people to please stop looking for Dylan and just get out of their way, uh, which is probably a no-can-do for his family because they were the only ones looking in the beginning, and nobody seems to know where Dylan is but now the police are saying, okay, so like we got this, we have a suspect, we're working on it. So please just stop looking and get out of our way. I just don't know. 
I don't. Is that what the PI said? I think, Colleen, that he was talking somewhere, except for that he was really inflammatory towards the family. And that's what had people really um, bothered and offended by him. But yeah, sure. They got this, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine people are going to stop looking for Dylan, really. But uh, because the acreage out there is just, and the terrain, like... It's that's such a hard gig, you know, and, and so why stop really? But we'll see what happens. But at any rate, they've at least named the neighbor as a suspect or a person of interest. And we'll see what's going on. Yes, they have done little to nothing, Jessica. Absolutely. And the crime scenes were completely fouled before they were ever investigated. The crime scenes were completely fouled. The pickup, all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, really bad yeah they fired him and then he spoke to scott reich i don't know i was kind of i love scott reich i don't know why he interviewed the pi i i i'm not sure i don't know how i feel about that i felt like that's something he could have skipped but then again you know i don't run his podcast i run mine and maybe he had some reasoning behind it but i was a little confused as to why he was willing to do that yeah yeah was it adventures with purpose i know that uh the Diesel brothers flew over the property. Yeah. I know, Jessica. That's the worry, right? She said, so they have a person of interest? Stop looking and then it will all go cold. Right. Right. I know. I, I'm not convinced. Uh, I'm glad that they're doing something. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm not convinced. And I don't like it to see the police telling people to stop looking. That just does not resonate very well with me. So anyway... We'll keep watching this one and keep holding space for Dylan's family that he is found so that they at least get some closure here. His mother has been clear in interviews that she believes that Dylan is deceased. And maybe she just needs to keep telling herself that so that uh, she doesn't, I don't know. Some some parents would have to tell themselves that he was still alive to keep that hope going. I think she just doesn't dare believe that he's still alive. And I can't imagine that he frankly is still alive but I sure wish they would be able to at least recover his body and learn what happened to him no one should have to go through this yeah interesting stuff though so I actually have a missing person again this is not an old case this is a new case but you know, we record a little early and then all of our episodes come out. And sometimes there's stuff that comes up that I feel like needs to be seen now. And this case needs to be seen right now. So I want to tell you a little bit about a missing person that really deserves some attention here. So this is Jay Lee. She is a University of Mississippi student. She hasn't been seen since last Friday. So on July 8th, about 6 a.m., she left campus uh, wearing a silver robe, a gold cap, and gray slippers. The police think she may have been vis visiting someone at a place called Molly Bar Trails. She's driving a 2014 Black Ford Fusion with a gold racing stripe down the middle of the hood and a front bumper. Uh the license plate reads J. Lee 1. It was found at the Molly Bar Trails uh, apartment complex three days after she disappeared. So the police are just, they're looking everywhere. They're talking to everybody that they can find. They're trying to find as much CCTV as they can. 
and they're really asking the public to weigh in on any tips or info because she has just vanished. Her friends say that she is a very sweet person, the life of the party, someone who's just absolutely wonderful to everyone that she meets. And her family and her friends and her call or classmates are all absolutely heartsick. So we're going to keep an eye on this one, but I wanted to bring it to your attention tonight while it's still at least kind of fresh. This happened last Friday, but at any rate, we'll keep an eye on that one for sure. Hey, Em. Yeah. Sad. But anyway, we'll keep tracking that one for sure. All right. Well, let's talk about Uvalde, for God's sake, some more again. Some new footage has come out of the inside of the school. This is the footage that the police hired an independent attorney to try to help them block from having it uh, be taken public. Well, the public wanted to know and deserved to know. And it's pretty horrifying. I'm not going to show it to you. You can see it over on Brian Enton's Twitter page. But it is a video of police with shields, body armor, and rifles. Remember how the first excuse was that they didn't have the right equipment to go in? Yeah, not really true at all. They were in the hallway. There were police outside too, uh, you know, mostly just uh, preventing, uh, you know, parents from coming inside and rescuing their own damn kids since the police wouldn't do it. Uh but these guys were literally just standing around. Oh, yeah, cop getting hand sanitizer, scrolling through his phone. These men are literally just standing there, listening for 77 minutes while these children are gunned down and blown to bits in that classroom. Just standing there. Yes, they had rifles. Yes, they had shields. Yes, they had body armor. They just didn't do anything. They just stood there and let this happen. I can't for the life of me understand. I cannot understand. I can't. Is it just cowardice? Is it? We learned last week that there was an officer who had a bead on the shooter before he even made it into the building and asked for permission to shoot, hadn't received it, and let him go in. He went in. He went in a classroom. He started shooting. For a while, they said they were waiting for the key to open the door. They couldn't go in. They didn't have a key. The door was locked. Turned out later the door wasn't locked. Also, you can't kick the door in. You can't go in through a window. For God's sake, you can't shoot the door open for anything. Anything. The cowardice is astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to all the money they took for this unit there? Yeah, good question. Because these men, or these officers, not just men, uh, I think they were mostly men, though, were so untrained, yes, inhumane, disconnected, cat skills agreed, that they were willing to just stand in that hallway and listen to those children being gunned down, children who were calling 911 and begging for someone to save them, a teacher who called her husband who was an officer and said, I am bleeding to death, and they wouldn't let him 
go in and save his wife. Charge them all. I'm with you, Jody. Charge them all. Unbelievable. Uh, Brian had also reported that this was a lot like the Stoneman Douglas shooting, that the school resource officer hid behind a staircase while that shooting was going down. The good guys with the guns didn't do a goddamn thing. I just can't. Yep. M said my uncle, who was Amnesty International USA director for 15 years, is on their asses. Good for him. Yep. I I can't even begin to understand this. I cannot. We had parents trying to get in there that were handcuffed. Handcuffed. We know that one mother was handcuffed, finally got them to take the cuffs off, ran in the building, got her kids and another kid out of there. And then the police threatened her that they'd put her in jail if she told anybody. What? Yeah, protecting and serving who? I I can't. I cannot with this. I'll never understand it. Never. Yeah. So it just keeps getting worse. It's like every time, every week, there's more info from Uvalde that comes out that just gets worse and worse and worse. How? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Catskills, they've threatened her legally. And and she was like, I'll do what I want because she's on probation. So they threatened her that they would find a way to revoke her probation and put her in jail if she spoke to the press and told anybody. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, yeah, huge shout out to that mom that broke into the school. Those are her kids, for Christ's sake. If the police are standing there refusing to do anything, who wouldn't go in there? But we also know the officer whose wife was dying was also refused entrance. What? Yeah. Good, Em. I'm glad. I'm glad. There needs to be a major fallout from this. There needs to be charges. There needs to be firings. I agree, Brandy. They should not get a pension or any other freedoms. Yep. Oh, yes, and the Border Patrol agent who also had kids in there. I just cannot. And the fact that they have fought in court to keep this this video from surfacing, like, seriously? It's just unbelievable. I cannot. So that's what's up with Uvalde. But on that note, let's talk about our latest mass shooter. More of the things that we're learning about the Cremos, uh, starting to help us understand a little bit more about their son. So we know now that the police were called at least nine times between 2010 and 2014 to the home of Robert Cremo Jr. and Denise Pacina. These are the parents of Robert Cremo III, who is the Highland Park shooter. Nine times between 2010 and 2014, they were all domestics. This is the home that that boy was raised in. Everyone who has looked at this goes, well, that kid's not right. No, he's not right. He obviously is not right. He wasn't right when the police were at their house. First, uh, you know, because of a suicide attempt, and he clearly didn't get any help. And then, of course... We know that the police were called again when he was threatening to kill everyone in their home and they took 
15 or more weapons away from him, but didn't charge him. And then his dad signed on with him so that he could buy weapons. I want his dad to be charged. They lawyered up immediately, his parents did. They uh, let him get a public defender. I know, this has crumbly vibes written all over it. They let him get a crumbly vibe or, or get a public defender while they got a high-powered attorney. Why? Well, I think that they're worried. I think they're worried. Dad should be super worried because he co-signed for him to be able to have the permit that he needed to purchase the guns that he bought. It's the FOID card that he had to have in order to legally purchase the guns that he used to kill all of these people and injure so many more. I was reading just this week about a little boy who uh, was shot multiple times, severing his spinal cord. He's still in the hospital, but he's expected to live. But he's going to be in a wheelchair forever because of this. Yep. Yeah, I'm talking about Cremo. Yep. Yep. Yes, it is. This is greed. Cranky, I agree. This is all the gun, gun lobbying and greed to sell more guns. That's what Christy said, too. Paula said, uh, I think his parents were afraid of him. But they still refused to help when they had the chance. Yeah, I agree with that. But Christy said that, too. She figured his parents were probably terrified of him. I mean, he was a Snapchat or a SoundCloud rapper, Snapchat, and had a video that we showed you guys last week that was a simulation of a school shooting. This has been coming for a while with this kid. So we'll see what goes on here. I do think it's very interesting that uh, we're now seeing what kind of a home this kid raised in where there was all kinds of violence and drinking and bullshit going on, but surely affected this kid. And in fact, in 2002, a long time ago, mom pled guilty to a child endangerment charge after she left him. He was only two at the time. Alone in a hot car with the windows rolled up for 27 minutes in the parking lot of a toy store. It was 79 degrees outside during that incident. So if it's 80 degrees-ish outside, you know it's quite a lot hotter than that inside. He was too. He was left in the car by her for nearly a half an hour and had charges and pled guilty. This kid has known abuse and neglect his entire life. It doesn't excuse what he did in any way. But these people, I just can't. His dad deserves charges. He does. He should have never, never, never signed on that card and let this kid have guns. Never. Ever. So, there you go. I mean, that's just, it's going to get worse with these guys. The more we learn, it'll get worse. But it's awful. The uncle who lived there, Paul, told the media the massacre shocked him and he didn't know his nephew had guns. I don't believe that. He said, I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart. I'm devastated. Mm -hmm. How much attention were you guys not paying to him? 
He said he didn't ever really see him. He lived in a separate apartment. Uh, then you weren't paying any attention at all to the music he was putting out, to all the crazy shit he was saying on social media. You guys just willfully ignored him, even though you knew that he was dangerous, that he was unwell. You just ignored him. Yep. Yeah, so many instances and never charged, which made it so that he could legally buy those guns. Yep. Uh, sometimes it's easy. It's easy. to. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. But people, have, we have got to get wiser. We've got to get wiser and stand up. Yeah. Cranky said, my parents would have did ignore stuff. Oh, yeah. Lots of parents have and did. I mean, not to, you know, uh, beat the same old drum, but look at the crumblies. Bought that kid a gun when he was begging them, begging them for mental health care. And instead, they told him to buck up, suck it up, and they bought him a weapon. Yep. I did see that. Yep. The new backpack-sized AR-15 being marketed for kids. Yep. I saw that. It's the JR-15. The Junior 15. That couldn't be in more poor taste. And the timing couldn't be worse. But then again, how do you just slip it in there in between, you know, various mass shootings? You just got to kind of find a little spot to uh, slide that through. Yeah. Yep. Jessica, correct. She said, my son asked why I was always looking at his accounts and giving him time limits to computers and games. I told him so I knew what was going on. And he was not going to be able to get into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. They just willfully ignored him. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to see it. They were embarrassed by him. Maybe they were afraid of him. They just ignored it. Yep. Yep. So that's the newness with him. There is a readiness hearing set, finally, for the parents, the adopted parents, of Oren and Orson West in California. These are the two little guys that went missing uh, last year. And then finally, the adoptive parents, Trezell and Jacqueline West, were arrested earlier this year. Their bodies have never been found, but they have been uh, charged with murdering both of the children. Uh, second, it's two counts of second-degree murder, two counts of child cru cruelty, and a false report of an emergency because, of course, they pulled the same old shit calling the police and saying, they just disappeared. We just don't know. We have no idea where they went. So, sorry. They did finally get charged uh, with that, as we know. Anyway, there is a readiness hearing coming up uh, on Friday at 8.30 a.m. The jury trial is supposed to start on July 25th. Consider how fast that is. In comparison to the Daybell case that's been going on for more than two years now. Now, does it, is it really going to start on July 25th? I doubt it. I doubt it. I'll bet you that gets pushed back. That is very fast. But I hope it does because I'm here for it. I've been tracking this case since those little boys disappeared and I cannot wait to see what evidence is released. We know that some of the family had been working with the police. It's going to get really interesting. So we're going to keep an eye on that one closely because that's a big one. And I cannot wait to see what they have to say. 
I have no question that they're guilty. I None. But I sure wish they could find them. For the sake of Biomom, and let's talk about Biomom. The Biomom has filed a $40 million federal lawsuit alleging civil rights violations. Uh, this is the mother, the Biomom, and her mother. So Bio-Grandma. Basically, what they're saying is that the children were taken from her and her rights were severed and they were put into foster care illegally. And she's been saying this all along and people are like, ah, no, she's just, she's a liar. She's a piece of shit. Well, you know, say what you want, but uh, it's really looking a whole lot like that's true, that her rights and the boys' rights were violated in the way her rights were severed and these children were put up for adoption. So she's suing and I think she should. I think that her, uh, not only that, the fathers of these children were never given an opportunity to take them either. There was just, they were just taken and sent through the system. So that's scary as hell. There are other people that are saying something similar happened to them. There's also some talk that the Wests were related. Now, they had adopted two sets of little boys out of the system. Uh, there's talk that they were actually related to people that worked in CPS that might have uh, helped make these things happen. Yeah. The whole reason why is because the youngest was hurt at daycare. She picked him up from daycare. He wouldn't stop crying. She took him to the hospital and he had a fracture. That is the kind that would happen if someone like twisted him, twisted his leg uh, or his arm. And that was enough. They took the boys. They did not do an adequate investigation. They did not do anything to support mom or help her figure out what happened to him. Yeah, Brandy said the state murdered those boys. They did. They did. So I'm glad that she brought suit. I don't know that she'll ever really win $40 million from the state, but what she's doing is causing the heads to roll, right? What she's doing is opening up a possibility of stopping this from happening to somebody else. Yeah, let's hope. Incompetent CPS workers. Yes, incompetent. There's obviously, I mean, and sometimes in CPS and in the state, uh, you just see really, really overworked people. It happens a lot, but again, and this is very similar to what we saw with the Ariel uh, Kalua case in Hawaii. Uh, and she also was murdered by her adoptive parents, and they also were working their way through the system right now. Though those wheels of justice are rolling really, really slow. So, is there some corruption in some of these cases? One hundred percent, yes. Sometimes is it just the system? I mean, like with Harmony Montgomery, you know, and we're still waiting for all the DNA to come back from all that stuff that the state took from uh, their old apartment a few weeks ago. The Montgomery's, um, but Harmony's still not been found. And in her case, she was lost by the system and was lost for two years. And her mother was begging people to find her, to tell her what happened to her daughter. It took a really long time and they never found her. There's a huge problem in our country with foster care. It's 
woefully underfunded. I could do probably 10 episodes on all of the stuff that's happened to kids in Texas and continues to happen in Texas and lots of others. There's, yes, sometimes overzealous and then the flip side of it, sometimes ignoring abuse. Right, Jody? I know both sides of it. For a country who supposedly wants to really save the children, we are not saving the children. Things need to get a whole hell of a lot better. So I hope that her lawsuit at least starts to overturn some rocks and help other people. And I hope she does get her money, honestly. What a horrifying thing. Okay. I kind of think that that's it. Let me double check my list and make sure. Is there anything that we missed? Do you guys know? <laughs> Let me look at the my list. Okay. We had Daybell Vallow, Alex Murdoch, Casey White, Noodling Gone Wrong. Dylan Rounds, Robert Cremo. Oh, Caitlin Armstrong. That's the one we missed. So Caitlin Armstrong, uh, she's applied for indigency so that she can get a public defender. We know now that she was using her sister's passport. You know, as you may remember. Oh, thank you for that, Janet. I wanted to talk about that too. Uh, as we know, uh, she had used her sister's passport to go to uh, Costa Rica. That's where she was found. Uh, and we had also heard that she was trying to get a job teaching yoga there. So she's back. And boy, they extradited her quickly. And she's ready to, uh, you know, stand trial. But she's got really literally nothing. The indigency form made it look like she's been living uh, well above her actual income for quite a while. So... We'll see where that takes us. Yes, Amber Heard. <laughs> Amber Heard got so smacked down that it's almost funny. It would be funny if it wasn't. No, it is funny. Yes, it is. Uh, they tried to claim that one of the jurors was not who they said they were. A bunch, uh, you know, along with quite a few other things. And the judge just looked at the whole kit and caboodle of it and said, no, you're not getting a new trial. The charges stand or, you know, the, the uh, repercussions stand. Here's where we are. So all motions to throw out the verdict have been declined. I think the judge is done. I think she's just absolutely done. Yep. Yep. Yes, Fran, she said supposedly the other two kids that the West adopted were brothers and also taken illegally according to their bio parents. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's going to have to be an investigation into that now for sure. Uh, will her sister be charged for that? That's a really good question, Walla. I don't know. Uh, the indication was that her sister did not know she had her passport. Her family was begging her to come home. They were like, we know you're innocent. We know you wouldn't do anything like this. Just come home and we'll work it out. Uh-huh. She did all the things that make you look definitely not innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Joyce said it's not fair to say Harmony was lost in the system if there wasn't an open case. There was an open case. There was an open case on Harmony. Harmony was taken from mom. Mom, there was big addiction here. Harmony was taken from mom and was put in foster for a while. 
and in fact had a little brother that was also in foster the family that ended up adopting the little brother wanted harmony and wanted to adopt her and the state decided and there were some jurisdictional issues because there were two different states involved in this but uh the state decided to rather than do that give her to her father who was a felon he'd been in prison for shooting someone in the face and they decided that that would be a better home than these lovely people that had the brother still have the brother and then they moved and they were supposed to continue to track her but the new state system didn't and mom had been writing letters begging CPS to tell her where her daughter was, also where he was, finally got the uh, mayor of their town involved who called the police and said, where is this child? They contacted CPS and then they all went, oh shit, no one knows. Yeah. So, and it's true, Joyce, it, they, she fell through the cracks from one system to the next, but there was an open case. It just, this was also during COVID and a lot of home visits really weren't happening but it's so sad yeah well yeah sometimes they're really into uh family reunification right and until they're not apparently yeah have we heard of katherine hoggle can we do an episode on her she's a mom for virginia she's responsible for the disappearance of her kids She's been in a hospital for five or six years now. I am not familiar with her case, JR. I would definitely take a look at it. Yeah. So sad for the bio mom, Jody, for sure. And she's been really demonized uh, in social media because she did lose her kids. She she actually had not lost custody of Harmony, however. She just, uh, well, she had not lost rights to Harmony, but she did not have custody of Harmony. So, yeah, it's horrifying for her. And she did try. But yeah, she's been really demonized. A lot of shit talked on her that she was just, you know, a terrible mother. And that's why this happened. And addiction's a bitch, that's for sure. And it seems like in this area, there's a lot of it. But at any rate. Uh, last thing is I've been keeping an eye on our old friend, Nicholas Oliverdian. He's still uh, marching through the courts in... Uh, in Scotland, still fighting extradition, and we don't know what's going to happen. He showed up at court this last time, quoting Sherlock Holmes, and was dressed in pajamas, in a riding wheelchair, with oxygen over his face, and had to show up via ambulance because he said that was the only way he'd be able to travel to court. He's making it as difficult as possible on everyone involved. I think that uh, he's just trying to make himself as little extraditable as possible. But this is how he showed up to court in his jam jams. I know he had COVID. I know he's been sick. I know this is Nick Aliverdian because they have already established that through fingerprints and through DNA. And I think this is all just a big show. I think this is just all a big show. Yeah, he's looking like he's crazy or just too sick. I feel like just too sick. 
Uh, I don't think his wife divorced him yet. She has been pretty sassy in the news. I, I think she's standing by her man. Uh, obviously, she knows it damn well. Maybe here's what I think. I think he probably has gaslighted the hell out of her and lied to her up one side and down the other. I would imagine she thinks he's like in the uh, CIA or some damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, did the guy that he shot die? Oh, I don't think so, Joy. I don't think so. He was like barely, you're talking about uh, Harmony Montgomery's dad. No, I don't believe so. He went to prison for like four years for it. Yeah. Is his wife a real person? Yeah, Jessica, I believe she is. She actually has been in the news uh, talking sass. So I think she actually is real. But <laughs> not like the last wife, right? Who definitely was not real. Uh, but was sure sending a lot of emails and stuff. And she has sure fallen off the face of the earth. Now, where is that gal? So there you have it. That is case updates. All kinds of wild stuff going on. So don't forget. Don't ever summon Bigfoot to kill someone. It just might cost you. If someone summons Bigfoot to kill you, I wouldn't do what that guy did. I would get the hell out of there. Yeah. I would get the hell out of there. The wheelchair is too small for him. Yeah. Is it even his? Does he actually need any of this medical equipment? I don't know. Yes, another Anna Duggar. Oh, and I'll, by the way, on Anna Duggar, it sounds like she has purchased a house near Josh. Also, they're saying that uh, Josh has the opportunity to serve only 80% of his sentence uh, with good behavior. So it's possible that he won't even do that whole 12 years. But we'll see. But if he gets out and messes up, then he's really going down the road. And he might do that too, because this is Josh. And he has sure, sure never expressed any remorse. So we'll see. I'm going to be back tomorrow night for the Psychic Hour. And Christy will be home. So she'll be with me. And we have a great show planned for you guys. So thanks you guys so much for being here and keeping me company over here. Just doing this all by myself. Oh, they dropped all murder charges on Caitlin Armstrong today. Is that what you're saying, Colleen? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yep. Alrighty. Well, thanks guys. Have a good night. Take good care of yourselves. You sure deserve it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care.